0: Good morning. Our scripture reading today comes from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 12. We'll start with verse 1 and then continue on with verses 4 through 13. Let us hear the Word of God. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink.
1: Corinthians twelve, twenty-seven to 31 Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then workers of miracles. Also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But you are eagerly desiring the greater gifts.
2: I love getting presents. Who doesn't? It's fun to open the package under the tree or receive the card at your birthday. But I have to say, over the years, I think my most memorable presents have actually been the ones that I've given rather than the ones I've received. Even just in these last few weeks, I had the privilege of giving, it's just a simple thing, among other presents for my daughter's birthday, a Mylar Hummingbird Balloon. Now, it cost me a few bucks. It was a very simple thing to pick up from the store. She got other things for her birthday. But of all the presents I gave her, that, I think, has produced the most joy. And haven't you experienced that, Just the joy of receiving, of course, but the joy of giving? Uh, Use the comments here online whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube and and share if you would Uh, just either the names of some gifts or some Experiences you've had of the joy that comes Not only from receiving but also in giving. gifts. And really shouldn't we expect this to be true after all it was Jesus himself who said it's more blessed to give than to receive and so when we come to a discussion of spiritual gifts it's both blessed to receive, but as Jesus said, in some ways, even more blessed, more joyful, more rich and full and intimate with him to give. Now, make no mistake, we, we need other people's gifts. Other people's gifts are given freely for, for our good, interdependently. Uh, not that long ago, a couple years ago, I had made arrangements to be prayed for by some folks that I honestly didn't know. They didn't know me, it was sort of a third party arrangement, but when I walked into the room, one of the women there, her first comment was, just seeing me, never met me before, was, Jesus really loves you. And let me tell you, that is exactly what I needed to hear, that word of comfort, that word of knowledge, something she could not have known and was not in the practice of saying that to everyone else she prayed for, by the way. But that is exactly what I needed to hear. It was God's gift to me in that moment. But it's also been God's gift to me when I've had opportunities to use my gifts, whether you know I am a pastor standing up in front of people or indeed occasionally on wine and have a sense that what i'm saying is genuinely being used especially fun when i hear later that it is being used for people's good when i've had the opportunity to be present with people and know that my words and my presence are part of god's work and comforting and bringing life to them that's a gift god gives us his gifts for our joy and so that other people would make much of jesus And it's fun there are a number of strange parts of the Bible, and you may not have expected to hear a pastor say that, but it's true, there, there are. And some of the strangest parts of the Bible are indeed the ones that don't seem strange until you sit and think about it for a moment. For example, there's a place where the Apostle Paul says that Jesus emptied himself of absolutely everything as he came to live with us, that he took a form of a servant, of a slave, and didn't even hold on to his godness as he came to live with us. Which, when you think about all the miracles that Jesus did, is a little strange. Along the same lines, there's actually a place where Jesus says that after he goes away, he's saying to his disciples that after he goes away, after he ascends back into heaven in his body, after he is crucified and raised from the dead. When he goes away, those disciples, those folks listening to him, and presumably all of us who are listening in on the conversation, are going to do greater things than he did. Greater things than Jesus? People have wrestled over that strange comment for 2,000 years now. But as the New Testament writers, including Jesus himself, talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit and indeed the Varieties of gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to all of God's people. Those statements of Jesus and statements of Paul and others like them begin to make a lot more sense. Consider this. How many acts of miraculous nature do we see Jesus doing in his first 30 plus years of life? Answer: Not really any. There are, of course, a bunch of miracles around his birth, but those aren't performed by Jesus, the Son of God, directly. And, of course, he shows up in the temple at age 12 and he knows a lot of the Bible, but that's just from him reading it. There's no indication that he is in that way supernaturally gifted. He learns things, we're told elsewhere in the New Testament, the way we humans learn things. But then at Jesus' baptism, when he is baptized in water by his cousin, John the Baptizer, Jesus is overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. And right from that moment, we see Jesus begin to work supernaturally. Let's not miss this. Jesus clearly had natural abilities. Eyes, hands, ears, mouth, nose, brain, legs just like all the rest of us do. And Jesus clearly learned things. We're told explicitly in a number of places that he learned things. He learned how to read in synagogue school that would have been really normal for kids in his time and his place in Galilee. He learned carpentry and the other technical skills from Joseph and no doubt other people as well. He learned scripture deeply embedded it and imbibed it. He had to learn it the way the rest of us learn it, by reading it and hearing it and talking about it, praying through it, going to God with the words of scripture itself. But again, then when he was baptized, suddenly there is a new element in his life. He has gifts. He's operating in the power of the spirit in a way that he had not before. And while Jesus has all the gifts, Unlike us, the gifts themselves are the same ones that God now gives to his people. And notice what Paul says here. There are different gifts, there are different activities, there are different service, but it's all coming from the same source. And indeed, he makes sure right off the bat in these first few words that we know that it's about making much of Jesus. That none of us individually have everything that we collectively need. That all these gifts are given to us for the common good. Not to please ourselves, although they're super fun, but to do good for others. For others who are part of the family of God, of course, but also beyond. After all, if we have a gift of mercy, are we going to restrict ourselves to only showing mercy to other people who are part of the family of Jesus? No. We're going to be merciful to whoever God puts in our lives and it's going to be good because we're going to feel the intimacy and the love of Jesus, the healing of Jesus flow through us as we show mercy. Speaking of healing, if we have the gift of healing, is that going to be just for people in the family of God? Is that what we see even in the New Testament? No, not a bit. Healing happens as God leads, as God offers that gift through his people. Of course, it's fun to use our natural abilities, yeah? I mean, whether that's an artistic talent or athletic ability, the natural ability we might have to just be more patient, just the way that we're chemically wired. Of course, it's good to use those things, enjoy those things. God uses those things to bless us and other people. Likewise, our acquired skills, the languages we've learned, the abilities to write, training we've taken for counseling or medicine or architecture or any number of other things. Everything is God's gift to us to be used and enjoyed and given away as God gives us opportunity. But a spiritual gift is a different thing I think we are intended to see spiritual gifts as different than merely natural abilities or acquired skills. In that gifts are given by the Holy Spirit who is given to us when we become part of the family of God through Jesus. They're different than things that we were able to do before we became Christians. They're given to believers, to disciples, to, again, people in the family of God. A couple of key questions for us to reflect on what our spiritual gifts may be to, to live into these things that are, again, given specifically to us is, when we operate in a particular way, when we do particular things, do we feel in those particular times and places and ways the closeness and intimacy of Jesus, the the power of God to come and do good for these other people, whether that's generosity or mercy or administration, when we're invested in giving and loving other people, do we experience Jesus in those moments? Whether it's teaching or exhortation, some of these things that of course can happen in our natural abilities to some extent as well, But is Jesus made much of in those moments, both by us and the people we're interacting with? And as a brief aside, I would also distinguish between disciplines of the Christian life that we're all called to do and spiritual gifts. To take one of the most obvious ones, mercy every Christian is called to be merciful, but to particular ones in, of us in the body of Christ, we are supernaturally equipped to walk into a situation of need and show mercy in a way that demonstrates the mercy of God in a way that honestly the rest of us have a hard time with, even if, of course, as a matter of obedience. We are to be merciful, no question. Similarly, I'm convinced that some people have a supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit for hospitality. All Christians are called to be hospitable, but for some among us, they're particularly gifted to joyfully and in a way that deeply transforms other people to welcome others in. It goes beyond just a natural extroversion or being a people person. and goes beyond, say, for me, for instance, I believe I have a spiritual gift of generosity, and so I enjoy being generous with my living space. But for other people, for instance, my wife, there is a gifting for hospitality that goes beyond anything that I personally experience except to receive it. And while it may take some reflection to distinguish, say, a natural gift, and ability for teaching versus a supernatural Holy Spirit gift for teaching, I do want to say a word about some of the gifts on these lists here in 1 Corinthians 12 and elsewhere that are just sort of patently, obviously, supernatural. Now, all the gifts are supernatural, but um, one might kind of perhaps call them the sci-fi gifts, right? Miracles healing, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophecy, tongues where it's a genuine spiritual gift, and interpretation of tongues, those kinds of things that are just patently obvious that they're coming from a source beyond our mere human abilities. A brief word. While I make no claim to having these other gifts, except for faith and word of wisdom, I have seen each and every single one of these in operation, either just one-off for me personally, or directly experienced them as part of a larger group. I have experienced personally people praying for me and being physically healed. Some of you have heard me tell a story where I've had one and only one dream, which was crystal clear, vibrant. I and felt like it might be from God, I was a little bit freaked out, honestly, and went and told my pastor at the time about some people who were in this dream, who were interested in renting space from the church, and I'd never seen them before. I had no idea. Normally we rented, no, fine, but these people we were not to rent to in the dream. So I told my pastor, and he sort of smiled and nodded. I mean, that's what a pastor's supposed to do when somebody in the congregation says something bizarre, right? You, You nod and smile and thank them and... So then, maybe days, a couple weeks later, here come three people, just like I had described to him in my dream. And they came, those two men and a woman, to rent space from our church for an artist loft. And it turns out, as far as we can tell, uh, that dream was from God. And the point of the dream was, even though we would normally rent space to people in the building, uh, those three individuals, for whatever reason, and God only knows, we were not to do so because I saw them clearly in my dream, described them to my pastor. He met them days later and um, took that as a warning from God. Similarly, I do not speak in tongues, I don't interpret tongues, but a good friend of mine in college became a Christian after years of being on the fence in a prayer service where one guy started singing in tongues, someone else interpreted, and the whole song was about inviting my friend to finally just give his life over to Jesus, which he did. And we promptly ran down to the ocean and baptized him because, goodness gracious, he knew the Bible better than a lot of other Christians, was living it out better than a lot of other Christians. There was no reason not to just dunk him right then. I've, again, seen other things happen. I can affirm for you out of my own personal experience every single one of these things that are described here as gifts for the people of God, At the end of the day, spiritual gifts are about intimacy with Jesus, our hearts resting in him, seeing his work in our lives. And again, given for the common good, us, our ability to give to each other, our interdependence both on God to do what only he can do through us and our interdependence on each other. We need each other. Paul here in 1 Corinthians 12 has this extended metaphor of the body that, just as it's joyful for my hands to finally complete an intricate task, or my brain to figure out a knotty complex problem, or so I'm told, it's a joy, just a sublime experience in ballet, I'm told by my daughter, to master a difficult move. So in the body of Christ, it's a joy for us to operate in our gifts, for each other as God gives us the ability. And in that expectation and hope of interdependent joy, I'm going to try my hand at exhortation. And my exhortation is this, that each of us take seriously, that God has put us in this time and place as part of his people, because we have a valuable role to play in blessing others. Others in the family of God and those beyond as well. A role in blessing others that no one else is going to be able to play if we don't, not in, not in the same way. We need each other. So my encouragement is this in the show notes, there are several items, several things, one of which is a a packet put together by actually a a pastor. that We were friends acquaintances back in college. He went to UCLA and has uh, planted actually several churches now in Los Angeles area, uh, Long Beach most recently, and has put together a wonderful packet of just guided reflections on spiritual gifts, I would encourage you to uh, click that in the show notes and start with page 10. There's a lot there, but start with page 10 for uh, some guidance on reflecting on what your spiritual gifts may be. Closer at hand, uh, please share with me and others and indeed right here on Facebook or YouTube, however you're joining us in our gathering online Uh, what are some of the gifts that you either feel like you have or that you would like to have Uh, please approach some of us the elders of inglewood church and let's have a conversation gifts are not just used in community gifts are most definitively discovered in community In addition to that packet where, again, I'd like you to start with page 10, there's also uh, links to a complete sermon series from a church near Toronto, Canada, that the pastor did a great job of uh, 10 sermons on spiritual gifts, doing way more than I could possibly dream of doing here. And he's already done it, did a good job, so I don't need to repeat. Uh, He's making use of materials from uh, a wonderful former professor at Fuller Seminary who did a lifetime study both of scripture in terms of leadership and also Christian biographies for the last 2,000 years, and has some wonderful materials on spiritual gifts. Finally, if you're more the listening type, there is a link to a podcast, actually an interview of John Thompson, the guy who preached the other 10 sermons. And if you're the watching type, uh, there's a video about actually a Presbyterian pastor who lives just up the way in Skagit County, a bit north of us here, who experienced some of those more supernatural gifts for the first time in a, let's just say, an unusual way. And he has quite the incredible life story, just God's work through him. 20 minutes, well worth watching, invite you to check it out. And again, finally, friends, the way forward for us is increased dependence on Jesus and his spirit. And a significant way we can do that, of course, through the daily disciplines of prayer and scripture and the regular rhythms of silence and solitude and Sabbath, the living of just following Jesus in all the things of everyday life. But these opportunities to live into our giftedness will be a tremendous resource for us to experience the joy of Jesus as his power flows through us. I look forward to conversations in the days and weeks to come as we continue to explore our spiritual gifting together. Go in peace.